0: Hello again, everybody. My name is Dan John, and you are listening to another episode of Oak Performance Radio. Enjoy the show.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Oak Performance Radio. I'm your host, Adam Lane. If you're new to the show, our goal here is to create some content, some fantastic content for athletes, parents, and coaches. We tell stories, have laughs, and we go into everything that is the end game of athletic performance, helping athletes achieve their optimal performance and be the best that they can possibly be. As always, check us out on the social at Oak Performance and online. At OakStrength.com backslash OakPerformance, and now enjoy the show, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Oak Performance Radio. I'm your host Adam Lane. With me today, the best strength coach with two first names, Mr. Dan
0: John. Coach, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, actually, it's four. It's Daniel, Arthur, David, John. But oh you my know, gosh!
1: You, I'm sorry. Who's going to argue? We should know. re-record. I totally messed that. <laughs> really well.
0: There
1: you are, Coach. How are you? How's life?
0: Good. Uh good. I've got uh we got a newborn. Um uh, my daughter and her husband moved in with us and uh, Oh wow. So I've got a and it's great. Little <laughs> Leo had a he had, he had a little rough start with life, but he's doing great now and okay. uh, workouts are going well. Uh I've got a new course coming out uh on programming in a couple days now. Uh oh. and yeah, work I've been working on that real hard for a couple months. Uh, just before that was a goal. I I always call them goal setting courses. I wish I called them goal achieving courses because they're not, they're they're not the same at all. Um, Yeah. Things are good. Uh, It's, uh, uh, we joke here in Utah that uh, climate change has shifted the seasons over to the right a little bit. So uh, we're in May, which can be, you know, historically in Utah, always funny. It can, it, you can have your heater on the morning and your air conditioner on the afternoon (laughs) Uh, it in the same week. You you. It's not unusual to mow and shovel snow, <laughs> but uh, this year it's just delightfully cool. So it's okay. been really nice. Yeah.
1: Nice, very nice. Well, here for for the for the tens of people that listen to the show that, that may not know who you are.
0: Um, give give a little bio here. Every, everything that you've done. You no, know, Adam, <laughs> I hate this question, but I'll do it <laughs> okay. So I, I think it's important. I'm the youngest of six kids, uh, a military and athletic family. So. I think that was really shaped my career. Mm -hmm. South San Francisco grew up there. Um, In the ninth grade, I read a book and I read that Ralph Mon at Utah State was the best discus coach in America. So I decided then that I wanted to go to Utah State, which, you know, it's a long story, but it ended up happening. And then I became uh, my senior coach. Mon was just said, can I talk to you for a minute? And he asked me to come back and be a strength coach because the guy's because of the influence of bodybuilding, which kind of exploded in 1975 and 77 with Arnold, the education of yeah. a bodybuilder and pumping iron, uh, the guys weren't training anymore. And now they were trying to bodybuild, which is idiocy <laughs> for a high jumper to add any upper body, mm-hmm. uh, hypertrophy. Um, so I think in many ways I might've been the first, or at least not the first close to the first, you know, track and field strength coach, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, after that, I got my master's and and I taught for from. I just retired from Columbia, so that would be from seventy nine until twenty twenty one. I taught in the classroom, uh, religious studies at the college level, uh, economics, history. And, oh boy, you name it, I taught it uh, for years in the high school levels, and um, I write a lot of books. I lift weights. Uh, I write a lot of articles, I do a lot of podcasts. So let's let's get going. That's Oh, I'm a disco store. So. There okay, let's get going.
1: Yeah. Well, in in my background, a lot of the track and field piece. And so I I I love the whole, you know, I wasn't really didn't get into track and field until started having to coach it when I when when I was teaching. Um sure. but but I fell into pole vault because no one knows how to coach pole vault. And so the youngest guy on the staff gets to, cho- gets to coach ball ball. Cause oh, yeah, you, you can have it. Um, and I absolutely fell in love with it. So let, let, let's talk on that. How in, in the way of talking the difference, because a lot of our kids are, are in high schools and they're, 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 they're lifting, you know, with their PE teachers, God love them. Um, and they're, they're doing whatever PE program that was created, who knows when um, right. talk about the, what you look for in a a athletic performance program for
0: that oh, type some, of there's a, Dave Davis wrote an article in the April edition of Track Technique in 1974. And I'm sure everyone in the audience is familiar with this because it is a <laughs> article. But basically he said, you know, a good program combines the power lifts, the Olympic lifts. So at some level, bench squat, deadlift at some level, I would still include the cleaning press, the cleaning press snatch and cleaning and jerk. If you throw in farmer walks or bear hug carries and some tumbling, you have a program that – so if you have those six, so you have the, the the traditional power lifts, squat, bench, deadlift, press, Olympic lifts, press, snatch, clean and jerk. You throw in some tumbling and you throw in some intelligently done loaded carries or sled work. Those are eight items, and you could probably – Uh, if you're a coach who's a jazz musician you can riff off that for (laughs) generations yeah uh and to me that's what a good program is someone's gonna raise their hand what about calisthenics calisthenics have great value i didn't Mm. say they didn't calisthenics tend to be with the the, as the athlete in the beginning calisthenics are strength training then they slide over to uh warm up cool down and then they slide into stuff to do uh as pieces of workouts Mm. so like in my world, we do this one, it's called the humane burpee. 15 swings, five gobble squats, five push-ups, 15 swings, 4-4, 15-3-3, 15-2-2, 15-1-1. So the push-up, it becomes something that get you up and down off the ground to get your heart rate up. Mm-hmm. Push-up, it, it once you bench 405. I don't know if the push is gonna be is gonna make a difference on the field of play.
1: Yeah.
0: But in a, in a in a in a nice warm up in a nice mm. off off season, there's great value. Hand goes up, but what about hypertrophy bodybuilding? Well, yeah, there are sports that can use bodybuilding: American football, uh, rugby. If you're a prison guard, it doesn't hurt to look buff. <laughs> uh, probably, or if you're a if you're a police officer of some kind who's you know on the front lines in certain areas, probably not a bad idea. Mm. But other than that, there's no value at all. Uh, you mentioned pole vaulting, Adam. And if it, 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 it physics 101 would tell you that bodybuilding is idiotic for yeah. a pole vaulting, high jumping, you're too stupid to be a high jumper. And boy, I got to tell you, that's a low. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was, was going to make fun of my <laughs> high jumper, but someone would have taken it wrong. Yeah. As, as, you know, we,
1: <laughs> my, my wife was a high jumper. That's how we met. So, oh, yeah. okay. Oh, she's, oh <laughs> well, <Yeah>. boy. High <laughs> jumper. Uh,
0: but so to me, and you know, I, I talk about this sometimes. I've I've talked to high school coaches who say, "Who say, yeah, the, I don't know the Olympic list. They're too complicated. Uh, I don't I don't want to teach them." And my thought is, well, you can't yell at your athletes then for not doing their homework, for not bringing a form, and, because you are doing literally what your ath- what you bitch about your athletes, mm-hmm. and you complain constantly your athletes are you know don't do the extra mile. And here you are telling me yeah. you're not willing, you know, And a, I don't know, let's see, I've been teaching 40, this is my 43rd or 44th year as a teacher. In 44 years, I couldn't find any time to learn how to snatch to clean a jerk. No, there was no, there was never a, a, <laughs> a moment, you know, I've told, I, I tell coaches this high school coaches all the time, you know, call find a local Olympic lifter and, Give them twenty bucks and say you teach me a lifts. For one thing, they'll they'll be a pause online because the <laughs> lifter's never heard of money before. So, um, but yeah, it's simple. You ask a lifter to teach you. You could uh, take a course. You could. There's videos. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. if you watch bigger, faster, stronger videos from back in the day, that was me doing all the demonstrations. Yeah. Every so often, I'll talk to an older coach who goes, "You know, what's weird is I swear I know you." <laughs> And I say, do, you do bigger, faster, stronger in school. He goes, "Yeah." He goes, yeah. He goes, watch the videos, yep. and then you'll get this look like, "Oh, yep. oh you're that guy." Yep. <laughs> That—that's the program we did
1: back back in high yeah. school, back in yeah. the yeah. back in the nineties. That's that's what we back ran. Back in with. the night. Well,
0: if yep. you watch the videos, if you watch that fifty-seven-minute power clean video, mm-hmm. that was me. Yep. And if you saw upper body plyometrics, the guy jerking in the video, it's only three sixty-five for five. But in the actual performance, <laughs> I did three eighty-five for five. <sighs> But uh, the the lifts weren't as crisp, so we, mm-hmm. we used the lighter one. I still think the, the heavier one was better. Yeah, yeah. Very cool.
1: Um, I, I remember you, you saying how um, when you came to Rockford seven years ago, we were, we were talking yeah. about, you presented for, I think it was through the, actually the, the public school system brought you in, if I, if I remember. And it was uh,
0: two days,
1: I think, yeah. right? I, uh, gosh, I don't remember.
0: Maybe um, it could have been one. It could yeah. I could have been, I could have done two presentations.
1: Okay, maybe that's what it was. Um, and, I remember you, you doing. Um, you 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 had your big distance or, or discus throwers, um, doing the monkey bars. I I thought that was a a, a neat javelin first. Yes, javelin. Oh, the oh, yeah. okay.
0: So, well, if you want to go to anatomy, you know, the bicep has three be- basic functions, and my my grandsons know the, the first you know that's to do this <laughs> number two is to do you know make that twisty mm-hmm. three is to bring the, to bring the hand to the chest okay. you know in this position but the fourth function is to kind of act like a tendon or a ligament when you brachiate when you do monkey bars when you swing on ropes when you pull them mm-hmm. and what we found with our javelin throwers we the school asked me to move the javelin sector and I did it was no it actually worked out great. Because it was right next to a row of monkey bars, and because they were there, uh, my athlete at the time, I like my juniors and seniors to be leaders, and they run a lot of the stuff. and And he came up with this idea of doing monkey bars as part of their. They had in, in their warm up traditionally. I would have goblet squats, hangs, uh, windmill variations with the kettlebell or okay. whatever is appropriate. Mm-hmm. Any, you know, any, any, any long more i hate to call it but loaded yoga would probably be a a good word to use okay okay? yeah with the javelin throwers. but they also started doing monkey bars and at the end of the season uh, you know he he shared with me he goes coach you know no one got injured this year and i and i wanted to say yeah because i'm such a great technical coach
1: (laughs) you're welcome and
0: And he said and i think it's because of the monkey bars and i was like well okay deflate my (laughs) deflate my ego but he was right yeah uh all that that work that this stick don't forget you don't you don't monkey bar it, your whole to do it correctly over several times you begin to swing and turn mm-hmm. and so you know you feel a good monkey bar uh you feel good brachiation i mean you feel it down into your knees and yeah. maybe even to your feet because you know you're doing all that you know you're doing all that uh, those spirals mm-hmm. that my yeah. talks about so one of the things that got me thinking about since then is are there better ways for me to increase, in, in, you know, improve those spirals mm-hmm. and things like that? There you go. Yeah. Cause, I remember remember that.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I'm just amazed to watch. I mean, we built a little, you know, playset for our, our kids a co- couple years back, and of um, a nine-year-old boy and a six-year-old boy, and 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 to watch them go on it, it is effortless. And to watch me go on it, I can do it a little bit more effort (laughs) that has to get put in, but, but to, to watch the move, everything that you just said, that's, that's exactly what they look like that they're doing. Uh, Biggest difference is that they have a lot more fun with it than than what I do.
0: Well, I mean, there's, there's a couple of things, you know, in, you know, people have asked me about my perfect training facility and I've always said, well, there'd be a hill to run up and there'd be monkey bars and there'd be, and really it would look a lot more like a playground than it would a gym. I mean, certainly we'd have platforms and we'd have all this stuff, But the bulk of it would be uh, my junior college was a real pioneer in something called a PAR course, P-A-R course. And you still see them in places Uh, here in the Salt Lake Valley. We have a real nice one out at Wandao Catholic High School. Um, They have one that's at the park over this way. But the idea is you run from or walk to station or run or sprint to station to station and then you do a movement. But in my perfect world, I would have. Uh, hills mm-hmm. and you know, maybe at the top of the hill, there'd be very, very you know, various monkey bars and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I just think, I think that kind of movement, swinging. Uh, I don't know if you've ever done a rope swing into a, a river or a lake. But
1: I, I have because you, I have a six and nine year old boy. So yes,
0: <laughs> if, you're, if you're teaching the pole vault mm-hmm. and you teach them to do those, I don't know. Did you ever do the? So a somersaults this way. So a reverse somersault. Mm-hmm. So you swing, and you let go at the at the apex or as best as you can. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you throw your feet in the air and you try to do some somersaults yep. backwards. To me, that is that is what a fun way to practice yeah. what we're trying to teach in the pole vault.
1: Yep.
0: And I'll tell you one thing: if you said to your athletes, "Okay, the, today the parameters of today's workout are twenty-five uh, reverse somersaults off of the swing," uh, they would. They would do it. But if you just said, Hey, let's go do this. Yeah. They would do 250 of them yeah. and be much better pole vaulters at the end of it. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. So I was at, uh, um, Oh gosh, Jan, um, what's Jan's last name? The pole vaulter, Jan Johnson, Jackson? um, yeah. d- disciple, if you will, he, he, he yeah. came up to Stevens point, um, Wisconsin for multiple camps and I brought my crew up there and, and and we would, and and there was basically a day where we just rope vaulted and it was, um, I don't. Know, I'm more of a learn by doing type guy, and you know, it was it was so much fun, um, and our kids were absolutely smoked after it too. But it, it was amazing how that that type of yeah yeah, it I mean, it transferred over beautifully, and and the kids had a ton of fun, and
0: well, you know. and that weird bicep and the, the soreness you get from this kind of thing, uh, I can't I can't mimic in the weight room yeah. without well, without <laughs> I wouldn't say injuries, but without. But the thing is, when you're doing the rope jumps backwards and you're sore the next day, you just kind of look at each other and laugh. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Good, good, good stuff. Yeah,
1: Coach. What? So with with all the everything that you 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 listed out there, with you know how you train, you know power lifts, Olympic lifts, da, da, da There, um in, in 2020, 2021 here, there's so much more stuff out there. Um, when when parents or athletes are looking for training programs, um, if well, you, the parents
0: if, shouldn't be looking. Oh. <laughs> If <laughs> if the parent wants their child to be a great athlete, the kid is cursed from the beginning. Okay. <laughs> now I know it does happen and you're going to, you're going to bring up Tiger Woods. You're going to mm-hmm. bring up the Williams sisters. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to bring up the millions and millions of athletes that have failed. Yeah. I have a policy. I don't Now That's not exactly if, <laughs> if, if a father emails me and says, is there, is there a good, I got a good question. You talk so much about going to discus camp. Do you know of a good camp to go to? I'm okay with that question. Yeah. But if it's my boy, <laughs> I don't deal with it because that kid uh, and i we go out to the field and the kid, frankly, doesn't have a crap. Yeah. So but if. If the athlete, dear, and I've gotten these dear Dan, I'm, I'm a 14 year old. Mm-hmm. Can you help me? Um, It was a 2008 and 2012 Olympics. I got these very interesting emails that both start off. I hope this is the right email. And it was Olympians thanking me because of the book I have on my site, danjohn.net for a contrarian approach to the discus. I was a high school kid. I was looking for resources. I looked up discus technique and your free PDF came up <laughs> and I did everything you said. And now I'm on the Olympic team and I'm like, son of a gun. Uh, that's what I do this for.
1: That's pretty cool. This pretty
0: is cool. what I do this for. And I don't want to hear some dad, you know, peacocking about his son. Oh my boy! I tell you, he won the. He's the best seventh grade thrower in the state of Utah. Well, how many discus throwers in the seventh grade are there in Utah? Well, they had a track meet. And how many of them did a standing throw? They all did. Yeah. So in, in the land of the suck, the kid is king. Yeah. Uh, well, but actually, that story actually my one of my best throwers ever, Paul Northway. They, they made a big deal at school about him winning the, this other boy, winning the eighth grade state championship. And I get a call the next day from Paul How hard is it to throw the discus? You know, he's an eighth grader. Well, I go, I retired, which is so funny because it's 1992. I, I retire from coaching about every other week. So, you know, uh, that's by the way, if, if you're a coach listening, quit as often as you physically can. And if you keep getting drawn back, you're a coach. If you, if you stay as a coach and you just keep putting up with it, then you you gotta quit and come back. You you gotta get the kids to draw you back. And so I was kind of a jerk at the time. So I gave him 75 pages of stuff to read. And I said, showed him the stuff and I said, When you throw a thousand times the discus, I'll work with you again. Three days later I get a call, no. <laughs> which is the title of the book, by the way. Now what? And I'm like, okay, yep. I'm out of retirement as a coach. Here we go. And he threw the high school discus two fourteen. And Ooh. uh yeah so yeah so, yeah that's back when I was a good coach yeah
1: <laughs> well I, I find uh, it funny too because I, I I coached middle school and then worked my way up to, to high school yeah. the, the 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 guys you know you go down to the the middle school state meet and and the boys winning stuff were the kids that were farthest through through, through puberty and so like they, they they'd like win the they hundred
0: high school, yeah high school baseball teams mm-hmm. high school basketball teams uh, they reward the kid who has a beard in the ninth grade yeah. or the other damn thing these parents do. And, and you're all going to hell for this folks <laughs> is they have their boy. They withhold their boy from kindergarten for a year. <laughs> and, and then they have him take eighth grade twice. So I got two docs. I don't want to be too specific. Cause I don't want to, you know, publicly make it, but <laughs> basically at some high schools. Now you have boys who should be sophomores in high school who are seniors, playing football. Well, no wonder they're better. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was a sophomore in college, I was throwing the real discus in the high 170s. I'd have thrown the 16. I'd I, I don't know if I'd have made the national record. I might have, heck. <laughs> but I would have easily thrown 190-200 yeah. with the high school discus. Well, and here's, it. but here's how, so this came up at an administrative meeting my last year of teaching at high school, which is 2010. And we were discussing this issue, and I said, "You know, I'm against it." And of course, all the you know all the football coaches. Well, it's really gives some of the kids a chance to. And finally, I said, "Well, here's my thing. If a college sophomore pulls up to your house, knocks on the door, and wants to take your high school freshman daughter to prom, how do you feel about that?" And you could just see the whole table just <laughs> in, just in the shoulders. So what you're telling me. Is that a 19-year-old? It's okay for a 19-year-old to date a 13-year-old. And I said that out. Of course, I have two daughters, so I am <laughs> much more, I am much more papa bear. I'm a grizzly bear, you know, I'm gonna rip heads off, you know. And uh and I and I firmly believe that. So yeah, so you're either giving it genetic roulette, the kid who hit puberty first has a beard. You know, I remember one of my one of my good friends in, in the eighth grade, Frankie he was already being told to shave by our teachers. <laughs> uh, he was bald by the time we were seniors. Yeah. but i tell you one thing, he was the best athlete we had in the freshman and sophomore year. and then the rest of us hit puberty and then yeah. when i was a freshman in college i finally did, which was very nice. thank you. Thanks, <laughs> um, but you're right. Yeah. so you're letting so what you need to do as a coach is can I flip this real quick to absolutely. the Yes, absolutely. Very often, if you talk to high school soccer coaches, they will say, you know, we're not very good this year, but I tell you in a couple of years, we're going to be amazing. Our freshmen and sophomore girls coming up are amazing. You talk to that same coach three years later, you know, we're not much this year, but I tell you one thing, <laughs> our freshman, it's because females, yep. many female athletes. Um, actually, get worse in high school because of secondary puberty. And I got to tell you from the heart, as a teacher and a parent, the the social hit comes in too. But secondary puberty, when the, the hips widen out, where uh, things change, it it's devastating. It, well, it, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I put on, I grew eight inches in a year in that one year where we all just, where boys just <laughs> they freak the neighbors out because every time it's every you just don't just buy him you buy him a pair of pants and a pair of shorts yeah. in 2 weeks mm-hmm. you know um <laughs> i graduated from high school 162 4 months later wait 202 i Jeez. mean you know i, <laughs> I got to tell you though when i was going through that transition i i struggled i mean i struggled with simple things like walking down a hall because the, the my <laughs> Vestibular system wasn't used yeah. to this.
1: <laughs> the balance of the yeah. took
0: <laughs> Yeah, it was about bouncing off of stuff. I waddled. I was like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> but okay, get back to your point, now 20-minute segue. Get oh, back to your
1: point. It's a good segue.
0: Yeah. So what you're gonna ask me about is what you started to do about training. You are asking about uh training. And then I, you said dads and I lost mm-hmm. my gourd there, but well,
1: go ahead. Pick well, back up. well, here, so I might even interject here. So we coach a lot of female athletes here. We work directly with a volleyball club. Um, and then w- when we coached track and field, it was the same thing. Like we, um, and cross country, the same. I actually broke down the top 50 guys and the top 50 girls at this uh, cross country state meet. Um, I don't know, 15 years ago, something like that. And within the boys, There were uh, the top 50 boys. There were two freshmen, three sophomore, and 45 juniors and seniors. And if you looked at the girls, it was almost a, or a, a um, even split of twenty five percent, twenty five percent, twenty five percent, twenty five percent of the freshman, sophomore, junior, seniors. It was all between eleven and fourteen kids, and you had little freshman girls up there running with the with the seniors. And exactly what you said with the like the, the secondary puberty thing. Like you could see those those little freshmen that had no idea what they were doing. Um, you know, years of less training, years of less miles on them, but they could keep up with the with those senior girls. And it. it it blew my mind. I'm looking at it going, what the heck is going on? Like then, this girl won the state body- meet as a sophomore. And now, you know, as a senior, she's, she's fourth. Like what, what's, what's going on? I don't
0: understand. There's a specific body type and, and, and many females have it. Uh, and again, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't say these things out loud in a meeting, but mm-hmm. there is a narrow hipped style of female that just stays around. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, and you, you, you want almost no cue angle mm. for a uh, cross country girl. Yeah. Well, how are you going to, how are you going to figure that out? Yeah. There, you know, I mean, what do you do? You get the, you get all the moms in there and get all the grandparents in there and just, okay, you guys, all stand tall for me. I'm checking out hip width. <laughs> I mean, yeah. good luck on that. Yeah. Good <laughs> luck on that. But you know, it's funny. And I say something like that. And people get all pissy at me and I'm like, But that doesn't happen in any other sports, right? Uh, My joke about working with the NBA is that the elevators smell different when you work with the NBA. Um, Thanks for getting the joke. Most people don't. (laughs) You know, statistically, you know, know, if you're seven foot in America, 17% of seven footers in America have played professional basketball. Hmm. There's, I mean, you don't get what percent of six footers have played professional basketball. Yeah uh Very i don't funny. even think you would even you would funny. have a point and it's <laughs> zero zero a long bunch of zero 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 yeah so we acknowledge that basketball is for tall guys we acknowledge you know i have i have the personality to play american football i have the personality um and it's not. I didn't say it was good. Did did you, did you hear that I said that was a good thing? I didn't hear that. No, I'm not, not a raging asshole. <laughs> uh, and you, you you you've ever been in a school setting? Mm-hmm. There's that kid who walks down the hall. He's six foot six. He's two forty and oh, butt Hi, coach. How you doing? <laughs> and and you know your heart says, "Oh, it's got to get this kid out for football." And the kid, everyone who knows him, says. Kid can't play. Yeah. Why? Well, I don't know, coach. <laughs> I thought the play was on one. So I... <laughs> yeah, but you didn't get out of your stance for another 30 seconds. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got to work mm-hmm. on that, don't I? Yeah, so there is a personality yeah. for football. You can't. Not every kid's going to be a state wrestling champ, right? Yeah. And it's just the truth of high-level sports. And that gets me back to parents because parents are blind about their kids. Uh, I, my, I've got two daughters. I got three grandkids. I am blind when it comes to them, <laughs> especially you know, those
1: grandkids but, when they just wrap you around that that little wow, finger. It's stuff. terrible.
0: <laughs> but you know, upstairs is a the state shot put champion. My daughter, at five foot three, when she was in heels, won the state shot put champion because she was fast twitch and she had good technique for all four years of high school. Wow. I believe I can develop. I believe I can develop. Almost any kid into making the state final uh, in the in the discus. It takes a little different in the ja- in the javelin a shot put, but I feel if a kid has interest at the high school level in the state of Utah, we can get him good enough to be all state. Yeah, the top six. Yeah,
1: Do you, is, is javelin in the high school? Yeah. Okay, it's not here in Illinois.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. you know, one thing, I, and I'm not selling uh Petronov's turbo jabs, but I would love to see us adopt the turbo jab. Uh, every state, uh, it's safer, yep. uh, it's not as sexy, we know that. But uh, the turbo jab, if you get hit by it, it, does actually it does kind of hurt <laughs> a little, but it doesn't, doesn't impale you, yeah. So, but I and I wish uh, my thought is we should have the 25 and 20 pound weight throw in high school for the high school kids uh, uh, for the hammer.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Again, uh, is it dangerous? Oh yeah. If you get hit, you'll be dangerous, but the field only has to be about the same as a shot put ring. In fact, all you have to do is remove the toe board and there it is. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you're going to have some throws go, go ski wampus, but uh, you poor high school coaches have to have cages now. (laughs) And by the way, the cage is an illusion of safety. The same way I feel about safety racks and weight room. Mm-hmm. It's an illusion of safety. Um, I like things that look scary. That's why I like rattlesnakes here here where I live, we have rattlesnakes and they shake and they, they go like this. And you know, you're not safe to play with it. Uh, I like kettlebells because they don't look safe, but a lot of those squat racks with those safety bars and stuff are yeah. not safe. Yeah. So I, uh, so I don't like cages because it gives the illusion of safety when someone's throwing the discus i like the whole field in range to not be where they shouldn't be to pay attention of course i'm old school and i I think um i have told my throwers many times if you get hit by a discus that's your fault Mm -hmm. now why do i say this and i'm sure the gentle listeners is full of my so uh, just full of me right now but my junior year at Utah State University I took a discus across the head through went 145 feet should have killed me Wow and the thrower was broken-hearted and I have done my I did my best to get back to him that was my fault my fault not your fault oh. yeah so i I have I believe very strongly what I just said
1: I've probably been to a half dozen meets where somebody has been hit by a desk. And they're, you know, and sometimes there were other other throwers who were just watching, (laughs) but not watching carefully, carefully enough. And, you know, too close and, you know, or walking, yeah, walking to get some food or whatever. And they're coming back. Illusion of safety. Yes.
0: Yeah. And that's why I like, you know, even the dumb parents acknowledge that the javelin is a dangerous event. Yeah. And I always stick the javelin straight into the ground. (laughs) Javelins are not allowed to be at angles ever. You pick it up and you put it straight in the ground. A javelin flat on the ground is actually dangerous. Oh Uh, it's like a rake. Mm -hmm. It's like a rake. Mm -hmm. A javelin at a 45 and someone sprinting a track won't see the javelin.
1: Yeah.
0: Always straight up in the ground. Yeah. So, oh. I I'm sorry, Adam. All over the place. Keep no, going. You're fine. Ask
1: I, I love track people, Dan. This makes this makes me happy. So if, if if I'm um so so we're a sports performance facility. So we we have we have, we have kids come in with with parents and stuff like that. And um, <sighs> there's so much stuff out there. The, the the internet coaches, the Instagrams, the YouTubes, um, all the pretty sexy things or like things that parents have never seen before or something like that. If if you're looking they for a, a good gym. For you know, you, you, your kid, your grandkid, or something like that. Where you know, because there is some shady places out there that just do weird stuff. And you know, ah, where what, what do you look for in a you know, if, if my kid is motivated and wants to get better and knows that this resistance training thing is is a good thing, they want to do it, they want to be taught. What, what do you look for in a place like that? Well,
0: first off, a, a place that focuses on fundamentals and basics, a, a a place that focuses on on teaching proper movement. Uh, load is not even secondary, it's tertiary. Okay. <laughs> movement first, movement first, movement first. Um, if I have a female athlete snatching 30 kilos, uh, 66 pounds, but she does it and it looks good, she's coming out of the overhead squat every time, you know, it might not look impressive, but that is going to carry over the field of play far better than if she's doing uh, Zumba or something like that. Um, <laughs> So for me, it's movement first. And of course I break the movements down to push, pull, hinge, squat, loaded carry. Uh, I think, I think uh, one thing I would look at is a balance between the push, the pull and the squat work. If they have 12 push exercises and only one squat, that's imbalanced. Mm. Um, The reps at the end of each week for the push, pull and squat should be the exact same. Mm. And then on the hinge, there should be a variation. They they should know ballistic hinges, the kettlebell swing, a snatch, uh, an Olympic bar snatch, a clean, but they should also know the grinding deadlift movements. And then when it comes to loaded carries, sled pulls, prowlers, farmer walks, at some level, because that's what build work work capacity. Um, the coaching staff focuses on a hinge being a hinge and a squat being a squat. There's an understanding that. Uh, Oh, that, that everything we do is to develop the on-field performance. So, I mean, what you want to do about, like, for example, sprint, sprint dynamics, sprint mechanics, that's up to you depending on your site, but, you know, I, I think if you can have sprinting in a facility and work on, if you have a speed trap, I think there's great value in a speed trap. Uh, maybe it's just 10 meters. flying 10 meters that are timed you know the feedback you can get on that is is just through the roof uh ideally at some level tumbling is incorporated uh if you really want to prepare yourself for anything do five shoulder rolls in a a row (laughs) and then stand up and tell me what you want to do most of the time throw up (laughs) the second time uh get my head on straight the third time go Oh, I see why this carries over into sports. Yeah. Um, whenever I get hired, especially when I get hired to work with a program that's dealing with shoulder issues. The first thing I do is I teach tumbling and miraculously, the shoulder issues disappear. Um, if you look at the videos of most people hurting their shoulders in American football, it's because they're trying to, they're trying to stop them. They're, they're getting tackled and they reach for the ground. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you going to do? Put your hand on the ground and you and the, you know one hand press you know push up 500 pounds and bounce up and keep no roll
1: yeah
0: roll and come back and do it again um you know you you the second you're going to the ground generally you're going to the ground uh you should have high need the guy when he was tackling you should have, you know should a straight arm high need you know should you know now it's time to roll and, and get go, go back in and play again uh this one school i worked for um I just asked to watch that they kept getting shoulder injuries. And I just said, do you have any footage of the injuries? And honestly, the two, the two injuries that I saw, both the same thing. We taught the running backs to roll, no more shoulder injuries. So tumbling t- and the other thing about tumbling is when you're my age, the most different d- dangerous thing in this house is the floor. <laughs> it, it teaches a long-term skill about mm-hmm. rolling and break falling. Uh, at my age, it's better to have cancer than to break a limb falling statistically
1: wow yeah
0: so it, for me yeah. respect for the basics respect to the fu- uh, fundamentals an intelligent you know i hate to say i'm lower body focused i'm not i just know that most programs don't do really anything lower body and but that though the pins are where the performance is made man yeah and then loaded carriage for work capacity tumbling tumbling to get people get knocked down and get back up again. Uh, and for injury uh, injury prevention. Yeah. And that would be what I would look for.
1: Gotcha. And coach, that's what I love about all your books. Like is, and as, they're, they're, they're simple, you know, the push, pull hinge, squat, carry, it just makes it, makes it, makes it easy. Yeah. Check the box, check the box, check the box, check the box. Um, how it go more into the tumbling thing. Cause I also think there's, there's a piece uh, like my kids have get, they've done jujitsu for, for a couple years. Yeah. Cause literally jujitsu is on the other side of this wall. Um, so convenience is huge, but they, they just, they just did wrestling for the last few months, um, you know, just to try something new type of thing. And I think yeah. there's something to be said about like, you know, when you get taken down, how, how you're going to, you know, absorb that ground or how you absorb that other person um, that I think is really, really hard to, like, like, it's hard to teach. Like, you know, when, when you get hit, we have two volleyball players go for the same ball and they kind of collide and it looks terrible at times because they don't, they don't know how to like absorb each other and they haven't had that, you know, type of, type of thing. Um, yeah. Talk more on the, on the, on the tumbling piece. Like, how do you, okay. what are we this teaching got- exactly? How do you teach okay. it? What are, what do we This got? is
0: unplanned, but this is, this was unplanned. <laughs> plan but here's the first strength book well here's the first strength book I ever got I did a pod uh, I did a lecture yesterday so this is all sitting out here this is Ted Williams uh, 110 pound weightlifting set his booklet basically two sets of five and pick stuff off off the ground put them over your head this is the next book I got uh, Miles Callum's bodybuilding and self-defense so he talks about all kinds of basically pick weights up off the ground, and put them overhead. I mean, seriously, it's funny. The bulk of them. Are, and then he's got this massive thing on judo and tumbling. Hmm. Um, the tumbling is, well, <laughs> there's back flips. Oh, cool,
1: yeah. Um,
0: yeah. This book is from 1962. So everything I'm telling you is brand new. <laughs> and in our tradition, tumbling was an essential part of what we did in in our field. And then we just dropped it with the rise of the machines and bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. In 1975, Arnold's book comes out and it destroys all our great traditions because it's all now about the double bicep. It's about Mr. Olympia. It's about all that nonsense. And if, in fact, most of your listeners, most, if you got parents listening, if I haven't pissed them off already, <laughs> when they think weightlifting, they want, you know, they want Bobby to look good on the beach. And that's just not how people win fights. That's just not how people win wrestling matches. So, tumbling is part of our tradition that we just washed out. Interesting, when I, when I, a friend of mine looked at this book and he made fun of the stuff the guys are wearing. Okay. <laughs> and I said this if you just swapped out and got two tatted out guys who wore those UFC pants and they taped <laughs> their hands, this would be one of the best selling books of all time. Again, same exact information. It It's just, it, it does drive me crazy when people look at the what the, the people are wearing in a book and judge it. That is just asinine, mm-hmm. but well, that's just the way people do things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, tumbling. So what is tumbling good for? Well, number one, you get knocked down, you get back up again. Mm-hmm. Two, you learn to get knocked down and not get hurt. Three, it messes with your vestibular system. So after a collision, you can still... You're still coherent.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, one time I slipped on ice and my brother-in-law watched it and he said it was the weirdest thing because when my feet shot up in the air, I catted in the air and prepared myself for a hard landing. And I landed, and, and but I caught myself basically in a push-up position. And he said, that was amazing. Well, I go, I didn't think at all. I just reacted <laughs> from my judo class when I was in the sixth, seventh, eighth grades. Mm-hmm. That's what we did. And it saved me all kinds of serious damage. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm still a big fan of tumbling. Uh, it is conditioning wise, probably the best conditioning you can do for any sport. I know uh, we did this. Uh, we did it here. Here's a good example. One of the ones I would have people do cartwheel left cartwheel, right shoulder roll, left shoulder roll, right next go. Well, it doesn't seem like much, but to see people huffing and puffing after those, <laughs> those four moves is impressive. Um, I taught, I've taught many boys cartwheels and they get very good. Uh, most females are very good on one side and terrible on the other. Yeah. Uh, they're Abby cartwheelers as I used to call them. <laughs> yeah. Um, For shoulder stability. I mean, the cartwheel is amazing. The roundoff is amazing to teach the shoulders to work uh, it's kind of the opposite of the the, the monkey bars, mm-hmm. uh, but it's still, if you're doing, pardon me, roundoffs, basically when you teach roundoffs to um, high school boys, uh, I call them cartwheels for distance. <laughs> because you try to throw yourself as far as you can, yeah. but what happens is it turns out to be a roundoff. Yeah. You really can't get any distance. It's just, I don't know why it is. <laughs> I don't know but cartwheel, cartwheel for distance, and they all did round us perfectly the first time, which is kind of fun to yeah. watch. Oh, I'm a I'm a big believer in it. Yeah, um, Yeah.
1: I, I'm amazed within my my kids like just the wrestling warm up, and this is their their first experience with it, and so but they're going with these 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 older kids, and we have a actually insanely competitive group here that they, I mean they. They really know their wrestling really, really well. Just the warm up, though. I mean, really everything that you said. I mean, they they're, they're, they they do a lap and then they hit forward rolls. And they do a lap and they hit cartwheels and they do a lap and they hit round offs and then they they will do round offs instead of like landing facing back where you started. They uh, round offs where you face away from you. I don't know what they're called. Um, but it's so impressive to see these little you know six seven eight nine ten year old kids that are like. They, they look pretty gymnasticky. I mean, they're for, for right. what they're doing. Which then, when they throw themselves in all these, you know, awful crazy positions. Um, I mean, heck, uh, Gable Stevenson. Stevenson is that right? The heavyweight wrestler from from Minnesota that just won the NCAA's. Two hundred seventy-five pound guy won the NCAA's and then did a backflip on on the mat. <laughs> and you're like, oh, <laughs> I guess I guess there's a reason why <laughs> you're a little athletic,
0: <laughs> right? And uh, we have some. Great, so I don't know if you know this, but Utah has great wrestling great i mean uh they had a big well so the, the Sorensen brothers you know oh yeah uh, yeah sanderson so
1: sanderson yep kale and and sanderson yep sanderson, yep, yep yep so I went, I went to iowa state with kale um i don't think i don't think he knew me but um we were on campus and graduated
0: about, the same year he talked about you last time i saw him. <laughs> well yeah. i
1: appreciate that i'm glad he remembers
0: <laughs> but we have we have high schools and you watch their warm-ups and it's like we can't beat these guys yeah <laughs> You know, I mean we we got nice kids. We're, we're we can't wrestle. their fourth best wrestler.
1: Yeah,
0: no, I'm, I'm serious. Yeah. yeah, they're just so. But you watch them warm up. They're all doing kips, and they're all doing you know cartwheels. You know our kids are doing stretching. You know uh, <laughs> we're we're stretching, and they're freaking doing cartwheels. It's like I hope you guys are watching this too, because this we are in the dark ages compared to these guys. Yeah. yeah.
1: So so coach, if you were to uh, I don't want to say engineer the, 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 the optimal athlete. So, I mean, I I have a nine year old, I have a six year old. Um, I'm pretend I'm not that crazy parent. That's, you know, wanting to get them in club soccer at the age of, you know, and then run them into, you know, to play, you know, division one and, and win championships and make billions of dollars. Um, what do you what do you do with a kid um, in the way of sports? What what sports do you recommend that they get in at what times? Uh, I'm assuming you're going to say multiple sports, and but how I would say what, what
0: do you follow what? Al, Al, Al and Eileen Johns approach? Uh, my dad didn't allow us to do organized sports until the ninth grade. Oh, so we played. Now there's some games that may have saved my brother's lives, and I mean this. You know, we're a military family. Got had three brothers go to Nam. Two were disabled. I think hide-and-go-seek might have saved their lives, oh, wow. and, and I mean that, and I mean that. All those years of playing tag probably made me a better football player than those idiotic drills I see that kids do at uh, practice. Oh. Um, do what my mom said. This, was, this is what she said to me almost daily. Get the hell out of the house and go outside. <laughs> Get the hell out of the house and go play with your friends, and we would play you know, we would play baseball and we didn't have enough guys. So we had, uh, so I would say I would pick the outfield. I had to hit it. And Mm -hmm. if I hit it in center, it was an out. If I hit it right field, it was an out. I had to hit it the left field Mm -hmm. where they had a left fielder and we had invisible men in first base and second (laughs) base. And, you know, it was hard sometimes to remember the count because, you know, two invisible men score, you know, um, (laughs) we played basketball, we play flies up, we play street football, Hardest I've ever been hit in my life is I was going on a deep pass and I ran into a truck and the truck was still running when I ran into it. And after that, you know, nobody ever hurt me that hard in football. (laughs) Um, Was the the truck okay?
1: What was that? Was the truck okay? Yeah, it was pretty funny. It had
0: had seen me and slowed down to about one mile an hour, but that's really hard. Play, play, play. Uh, How did I learn how to lift weights? Me and my friends got in the garage and we looked at that booklet and did what it said, you know, and um, let the inner athlete explore, have some fun. Uh, when I did get into organized sports, I mean it was football in the fall, wrestling, track and field. In the summer, I played uh, church league basketball and soccer. I was a I was a keeper. And if you wrestle when the football coach is trying to say you guys got to work harder as a wrestler, you're like, yeah, okay, <laughs> I'll I'll try not to roll my eyes. But you, <laughs> the worst day of football practice is the easiest day of wrestling yeah. practice. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree? I mean, it's just, oh, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and then, yeah. you know, when you do track, I was a discus thrower and a hurdler in high school. And, you know, after you do the hurdles, um, you know, when you're running, when you're chasing down, uh, wide receivers, or we, we call them split ends and flankers mm-hmm. then, but when you're chasing down a tight end and you got stuff on the ground, hurdling carries over. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I use my hurdling. I use judo, hurdling, wrestling. Every every single practice of football game I ever played. Um, in fact, uh, I've got the. When my coach died, Coach Young died a couple of years ago. I went to his funeral, and there it was Thanksgiving Day, my last game game high school football. the 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 movie, the mm-hmm. thirty five millimeter can, was in there, and the sign said. Take whatever you want. So I got my last football game in high school, Thanksgiving, 1974 game. And there are two plays where I get knocked down. And in one, I'm clearly, I'm, I'm baiting the running back. (laughs) Cause even though I look down, I'm, I'm, I'm jujitsuing him. Uh I'm using, I'm using the ground as part of my toolkit. And then I Uh tackle him on another play. I've got a guy; he's holding me, but I've got the I've got the running back by the feet, and but I'm using the ground. I'm you know I'm I'm taking him down mm-hmm. before the help comes, and just the guy should have gone down earlier. <laughs> Don't ever stand in a football game with your feet posted. Yeah, uh, he got he got hit really hard. <laughs> he, he he got his mouthpiece knocked out. Yeah, um, so th- all these tools carry over. Now here's the funny thing: the organized football season some of the toolkit i learned in football i still use uh, whenever you listen to me about how simple i make that simple how i frame things that it's repeatable and understandable goes back to my high school football coach i can write down literally right now for you our entire offense every single play i can and i can tell you what every single person does and what the count is because it was such an, a system that you can't forget it it was just too logical to forget and I use that as a coach, you know, my, the way I coach throwing is based on that toolkit. We need a system. We need a like, lang- first, we have to have a language so that when I say this, it means this to everybody. And then when I talk about that, so in the discus stretch is that big, long position. Mm-hmm. One is when my right foot comes on the ground. Uh, at the ba- out of the back of the ring for a right-hand thrower. Mm-hmm. Two is when my right foot lands in the middle of the ring. It should be in the air, but don't worry. <laughs> uh, three is the throwing position. And 3A is when you catch the discus. 3B is the opposite of where the discus is going to end up. And 3C is the release. And I tell my throwers that the champions focus on 3A to 3B, the crappy throwers from 3B to 3C and but i have a sentence that i just said to you and every throwing coach in america even if they don't like my terminology my 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 language my system when i say 3a to 3b is where champions are made they'll go okay he's right because that's and 3b to 3c is just simply a reaction you know it's like when you it's a bow and arrow when you Mm -hmm. let you don't you don't let go of the arrow and then try to push it harder with your hand you know uh, so so when you have a language um, uh, so right one 23 dive because 23 is an odd number means it went on one
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, the 46 blast uh, it's an even number it goes on two uh, I if I formation always went on down because our, our tailback always lined up in I and if and then shift it into left, right, or whatever it's supposed to go to on the command down. So our quick counts were always done in the eye. For- quarterback sneaks were done in the eye formation. Uh, dives, blast, powers, the quick plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, options were done in right and left uh, formations. And you, and you say something like that out loud, and I look back and I go, well, the reason it's genius is geniuses, The last time I put on a helmet for South City High was Thanksgiving 1974, (laughs) and this ain't 1974
1: anymore. It's
0: not, (laughs) and I still remember every single thing. So, to me, that uh, the by the way, that's why I put things in the push, pull, hinge, squat, load, carry, Mm -hmm. and then with my matrix, I have isometrics, and then I have strength, and then I have anti rotation, and I have ballistic, and I have the Olympic lifts. And if there's there was gaps in some of those places, and I knew intellectually that. I would fill the gap. I just didn't have the toolkit yet to fill the gap. And so once you have systems in place, then it's easy to see your problems. For example, I'm going to come out to your place and you're going to adopt fully my system, my coaching system, but you don't know the Olympic list. Okay. Not a problem. Cause this year we're not going to teach them anyway, <laughs> because you got to teach your kids correct hinge and correct squat first. Anyway, <laughs> um, and honestly, maybe for the kids you have, the Olympic lift might not be important. Uh, you're working with uh, people who look like me, people in their 60s. You know, I mean, uh, I, yeah, I Olympic lift, but I'm a little bit of an outlier. I think mm. uh, I don't know how many 60 year olds Olympic lift. Uh, I don't. You there's some. I'm sure. I'm sure you're going to get a thousand emails. Well, I Olympic yeah. lift and I <laughs> Olympic lift. Right, that's mm-hmm. going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what we can do with anytime you have a system then you have the ability to progress up in both movement pattern Mm -hmm. uh, and complexity and regress down for off-season purposes, for injury purposes, for give everybody a break purposes, which is underrated, by the way. (laughs) Uh, So system, system, systems. Um, I love all this stuff, and I think it's important that my athletes know the basics of what i'm talking about yeah. they don't need to be uh able to to maybe give a lecture on it but here's the interesting thing my good athletes understand the movement matrix my good athletes understand the language of they understand it is it is like learning a foreign language mm-hmm. you know and we have these conversations that famously at the state meet uh, paul was struggling as a sophomore. Uh, he was in seventh place and he was struggling it was raining and I, I i don't coach at track meets i don't like it this is the only time i've ever coached in my life i said short two and He went like this and on his next throw won the state championship mm-hmm. <laughs> well no one in the audience knew that i was coaching mm-hmm. but he understood exactly the fix yeah yeah
1: I, I yeah. found the same thing in pole vault in the way it, it ends up being so technical that if, if you give them 14 different things, um, they, they screw up 15 different things of all, of all things. So like, yeah. I, I think the, the best coaching I ever gave was, Hey, run faster, jump higher. And <laughs> just, watch, Hey, you made the bar. Look at that.
0: That's so strange. Yeah. And, you know, with the pole vault, you know, you, you're going to have to break it down. I get that, but you're right. If you're yeah. trying to think, You know these modern pole vaulters who do that one hand—I don't know what you even call it. It seems like a one-hand throw at the top, a vertical one-hand. They get to the very top and they still have the ability to—they extend their arm and fast enough to gap it. So, and then they they fold over the bar. Well, okay, that's not going to—you don't need that if you're a a nine-foot vaulter. No, (laughs) but. That's coming and that's nice. So what I do love about track and field, no matter what, it's always, you know, my first track meet, my goal was to, uh, I barely was over 60 feet and my first track meet, I got to 72 and, you know, two weeks later, I was at 89, 11 and a couple weeks later, I threw 103, the next season, 129, 144, 170, the international plate, 172, 177. Uh, 190. I mean, that's you know, two, two, two plus after that. Um, my technique at 72 feet. If you looked at it, you could see it was the same-ish for that 210 bomb. Ish. <laughs> Ish. Ish. But not, but but that's what I love about track and field is you build on it, you build on it, build on it. The nice thing about track and field, no one's gonna wear, you know elite t-shirt you know mm-hmm. oh i'm on a team we're all elite no one's gonna wear that damn t-shirt because <laughs> you're gonna find out real quick when you get your ass handed to you yeah track and field swimming they're wonderful sports but just watch your mouth when yeah. you think you're good yeah. had a kid come out this is kind of a funny story he was he, he caught a pass at, in a in a game and it was a big deal so he just thought he was going to do me a favor and come out, and he'd be a sprinter on the track team. <laughs> and he was so cocky. And it's like, you know, as a track coach, you don't even know what to say. You don't even know. It, it's really difficult. He's like, yeah, I'm going to come off a track. I, I just need, you know, the combines are coming up. I got to work on a few things. And I'm like, this is track and field. You know, he ran a 16 second 100 meters, which oh. was one step from using a sand dial, a sand <laughs> <in> timer. <laughs> You know, I, I made the joke about the he didn't like it about next time we'll time you at the sundown. Um sixteen seconds is pathetic. Yeah. For a high school senior, mm. it's for a boy. And that's horrid. Yeah. And to, to watch his face, there was eight, you know, eight lanes. Um, he had a really good view of what was going on in the race. You know.
1: You <laughs> could see everything.
0: Could see everything. And uh, gosh. Oh, funny, hey, funny memory, but th- the nice thing is, yeah. if he had taken it serious, he'd have gotten down to fifteen five, fourteen nine. You know, maybe we could got him into the thirteens. You don't know. Yeah. Um, but he just thought he'd just show up. You know, you know, pull off his pull off his sweatpants and, you know, teach Usain Bolt a lesson. <laughs> Track don't work that way. Does not.
1: Well, co- yeah. coach. Last question for you. I, I have a buddy um, up in the Madison area who. Um. Does what we do the the, the athletic performance piece. He uh, as uh, girls come to him. She's um, I don't know how tall she is. Relatively tall girl. Um. Her dad played in the NFL. Her mom did some I forgot what sport, but collegiate sport of something. Yeah. She, as a sophomore, she's high jumped five six. Um. Yeah. So pretty, pretty legit. I guess the, the, and so he's getting wide eyed and, and whatnot. Cause sure. the state record of Wisconsin, I think is like a six foot jump or something like that, which is a solid jump for, for a female. It's
0: a big jump from five, six. I'll tell that to you.
1: It is. So what, cause I, cause I think I'm mean, going back to the beginning of this conversation in the way of the, the girls and, and, you know, puberty and blah, 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 blah. What would be your recommendation to, to him training her over these, these, these next couple years? Now, not, not on the, not on the high jump side, cause he's not a track coach, but on the on the strength conditioning side in which to help maximize this girl's performance
0: well uh uh,
1: anything special or just all the same stuff
0: as much hill sprints uh, as a i mean hill sprints as appropriate because that penultimate stride or two Mm. that loaded stride or two at the end of the high jump is a strange kind of conditioning yeah you know, and so I, I wouldn't, you know, I know when she goes off to college, she'll be doing a lot of plyos and stuff. Doesn't need it at her level. You don't need a lot of plyos to jump six feet at the high school level. You, you don't. But any anything that will get her, that, that charging feeling that you have. Um, by the way, I've never had an athlete running up a hill ever in my career, not one. So it's safe. Uh, the next thing, if you can get her to do it, Something as simple as goblet squats, uh, just for the, for the mobility of the hips and dealing with that Q angle that just going to have to deal with in the next two years. Um, I remember when I was at the Olympic Training Center years ago, they showed us uh, this video of a Soviet high jumper who basically only did two things, power snatches and high jumping. And he did that one drill. Uh, every high jumper knows it. There's one, they go to the bar and they they, they, they two footed, and you jump mm-hmm. over, then you find your shoes that um, it's a standing, it's a standing high jump, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, almost like a tuck type. Like uh, a, no, no,
0: uh, so I am st- the bar is behind my ears, okay, gotcha, and I go, but it teaches that the flop, it teaches the okay, the, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the uh, biomechanics of the flop. Mm-hmm. By the way, folks, the, the, the flop is brilliant biomechanically when you throw your head over it naturally makes your back arch. Mm-hmm. When you find your shoes, it brings your, when you find your shoes with your head, it brings your feet over. Yeah. It's, it's a brilliant uh, insight, but if, if she could do something like a power snatch or some big ballistic movement, you could, you could certainly, if cleans were cleans, but mm-hmm. the thing about the clean is it is a wrist issue, but power snatch, uh, hill sprints as appropriate, goblet squats for mobility, um the, the weight room is gonna be a help and then a hindrance. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be a so because any, any you know, if she gets herself up to 250 260 body weight, she's not gonna be able to jump yeah. six feet. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> so um hill sprints and then the other thing I would if I, if if possible, if there are all comer meets, where she gets used to jumping with better jumpers uh, when I was young. I mean, I have some interesting stories from when I was in ninth and 10th grade, you know, John Powell and Tom Vollmer just gotten back from the Olympics as discus throwers. I'm very proud to say I took third place with two Olympians in first and hey. second. Yeah. There was only three throwers, <laughs> but uh, once you see someone throwing on a, they're having a bad day and throw one ninety three, <laughs> and you're throwing 108 feet. You see the path. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, okay. And then you know, I talked to them after both of them. They gave me some good advice. So if she can get into an all-comer meet, uh, I don't like age group for uh, track and field as much as some parents. That medal she wins for winning the <laughs> Greater Duluth, you know, <laughs> it's great, good for her. But I'd much rather see her go to an all-comer meet uh, or a, a meet where she is. Seen our master's meet where there's a, you know, maybe a woman who's 62 high jump and four feet and there's a guy, you know, and then there's a a, a man who's 35 high jump six, four, six, six, mm. just so she gets a sense of where this goes. Um, I, I think there's two things killing track and field in America. I think number one, we don't have enough all-comer meets. I think every state, I mean, this, if I became president, the first thing I would mandate, every state has these every weekend. Yeah. And the other thing is the lack of dual meets. Uh, Cause I think everybody in the stands understands when South city high beats El Camino in a dual meet. <laughs> oh, we, sc- and here's the thing. The kid who took third in the shot put scored a point and that helped the team. Mm-hmm. So little Danny Johns at a, I mean, I was at, we we're going against half moon Bay one time. And I didn't do the intermediates, but I did that day because I, I could take third place to help our team beat Half Moon Bay. Now, I certainly was not going to be a Division One intermediate hurdler, but that day coach asked me to score one more point for the boys in blue. <laughs> so I think dual meets so that what she'll have to do in a dual meet, she won't just high jump, maybe yeah. she'll long jump. And the lesson she learned in long jumping carries over to the high jump. Yeah she maybe she'll do the four by one. When you have a baton in your hand, you don't run. I, I can tell you to run fast, run fast, run fast, put a stick in your hand and have someone running, try to beat somebody. Yeah, You learn how to run fast. So yeah. that to me, in my perfect, in my perfect track coaching world, we would probably have three meets a week and all the sprinters and all the sprinters would do um, is the meets Mm -hmm. the long distance people would probably get a lot of garbage miles on the off days and the thrower and most of us would lift after every meet um it'd be great (laughs) great. it ain't gonna happen but think if if Mm -hmm. if you can think about a ballistic a ballistic big move power snatch clean kettlebell movement whatever hills goblets,
1: very cool very cool Coach, tell. Well, I uh, really, really appreciate your time with with, with everything here. Um, tell the people if they 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 want to know more about Coach Dan John. Where where do they find all? Because let me tell you, I, I think an hour ago I just got a, another Dan's Wandering Weights uh, email oh, yeah, here. Good one, so, yeah. what what where where do, where do people find you?
0: Well, if for literally three thousand pages of free information, um, <laughs> DanJohn.net. Uh, it'll always be free. I've got my contrarian approach, the discus throw book in there. I got the coyote point kettlebell club book in there. 51 pages of kettlebell stuff from the ground up free book. I got my parenting book from dad to grad. So just there are four books. I mean, the, you know, and then the get up newsletters, the articles, there's a ton of crap. And then there's my paid site, which has the workout generator, which is and then tons of downloads, really cool uh, PDFs and articles, and a great forum. Tell you what, um, uh, I did it. I got a discount code for yesterday, but mm. um, here's a discount code. Go to Dan John University, and when you sign up, type in one word: perform better. One word: perform better, and you'll get three months for the price of one. And I don't, you know, Adam, if you know me, I don't sell real well, but
1: <laughs> you're pretty uh, terrible I, at selling, actually.
0: Yeah, yeah. You have other uh, strengths but, though. Yeah. Yeah. i got a great pull. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great. I got a great quarter squat and a great pull. But up. yeah. So those uh, Dan dot I am so proud of that workout generator. I mean, it is it's it, to me, it is what I thought the promise of the internet would be. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of cool that I, I feel like that's what I thought we could be doing. Brian Gwaltney put it together and it's just brilliant, man. I love it. It's so basically listener, you, you, you put in what equipment you have, how many days a week you want to work out a few other simple little, yes. I mean, just touch buttons, questions, and then it prints out a, a weekly workout and you still can vary it from there. If you don't like the press it offers you, you can just chat. It's it's, 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 uh, it's Brian says my head is like a spreadsheet. He doesn't, I think, <laughs> And it's weird because people think I'm all over the place, but the reason I'm all over the place is I'm (laughs) trying, I don't know, I said this one time, with Adam. yeah, I try to make things simple for stupid people. I I shouldn't (laughs) talk like that. Uh, But uh, (laughs) my mind works in a spreadsheet manner. Mm -hmm. If then, if then, if then. And the workout generator saves me 10,000 emails of if then questions so uh you want to do the one lifted you want to do the this uh olympic lifting program Uh, i ask adam and adam says yeah that's what i want to do do you have an olympic bar well no i don't (laughs) then we can't do it why not the nice thing is the workout generator it's got that artificial intelligence that can put up with stupid questions Mm -hmm. for hours so uh, so i don't have to worry about it anymore yeah yeah
1: that's fantastic i i don't that I've never heard of anybody else coming up with anything like that. That is that,
0: that one today. Yeah. Try it out. And here's what you might find. In fact, we have a system. If you want to do it, if you have, we set it up and it's very inexpensive, tiny little fee for all your, your clients. And then the system emails your clients, the workouts. So you would get the membership, and then your cl- you could, and you go yeah. in and set up the workouts for the equipment to have, and then you get you get an email, and the email, the client and you have the email of what the workout's going to be, with all with all, and don't forget it's AI, yeah. and so it remembers everything <clears throat> that the client was going to do okay. or did. Yeah, I, I just sit there and I go, this to me is what the promise of the internet was. Yeah, not. It's more than porn folks. It's more than (laughs) porn and psycho banter. Yes.
1: (laughs) You've taken over the internet. Look at you, man. uh, (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Well, Coach, again, thank you so much. I um, uh, appreciate your time, and I know you're a busy guy. you got lots of things going on.
0: Yeah, and um, let me know when this is going to be published, okay? Ooh, I, yeah. I do have to bounce. Let yeah. me know when you're going to publish this, and I'll make sure to put it in Wandering weights, okay? That,
1: absolutely. That's fantastic. Awesome. Listeners, thanks yeah. for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another episode of Oak Performance Radio. Again, check us out on the social at Oak Performance and online at www.oakstrength.com backslash oak performance. Again, thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next one.